give the Lord a praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. challenges, but the same God who is faithful forever. Amen? Every, every new year, a new season, right? A new challenge, but the same God who never fails us or forsakes us. That's what we trust in. Amen? You know, if you're a control freak, you, you got to get happy. Everything's got to be just right, and then you breathe. That's a rough way to live because this world's constantly changing, constantly throwing something new at you. Amen? And sometimes you just got to rest in the Lord. Lord, the house is clean now, but give it about two minutes, and the kids are going to go through, and, you know, so I'll enjoy it now, but I can't lose it then. Amen? Because things change, but he remains the same. Amen? And that's the key. That's the key. That's the key. Well, thank you so much for your, your kind hearts and your gifts. We love you so much. God is so... Blessed, we love being here, love ministering, and we just want to thank you. We love you dearly, and you're just a great group. Amen. Now, if you have your Bibles, if you would go to Exodus, the third chapter. We're going to read one verse from Revelation 19, and then we'll go to Exodus so you can. We're beginning a, a little four-part sermon series. On four attributes of God, four characteristics of God. There are many, but we picked these four for the next few weeks leading us to and after Thanksgiving. This morning, I want to talk about the power of God. That's the omnipotence of God. Next week, Lord willing, we'll talk about the love of God. And then we can surround Thanksgiving with the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And that's going to be our... But here we go at Revelation 19, verse 6. Revelation 19, verse 6. Then we'll jump to Exodus. But here we are. It's in heaven. So if you want to go to heaven, get, get, you ought to be excited about singing. Amen? There's going to be some singing going on in heaven. They're going to shout. They're going to, oh, man, it's going to be a good place. Revelation 19, in verse 6. Amen. And amen, amen, amen. Here we go. And John says, I, Then I heard... 
which sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like the loud peals of thunder and shouting, saying, Hallelujah! For the Lord God, for our Lord God, the Almighty reigns. Who reigns? Your God. Amen. Who reigns? Your God. The Lord our God, the omnipotent one. That's what Almighty, omnipotent one. He reigns. He reigns. Doesn't matter who's in the White House. He reigns. Doesn't matter who your parents were. He reigns. Doesn't matter what the stock market does. He reigns. And who is he? He's your God. Someone say, my God. Now, if you can get that, everything's going to be all right. Now, if you would, Exodus 3, Exodus 3, and we want to look at an encounter of a man of God with the living God. And we want to glean thoughts about the omnipotence of God. Exodus 3 and verse 1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight while the bush doesn't burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Verse 5, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them out, out of that land into a good land, a spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanite, Hittite, Amorite, Perizzite, Hittite, Jebusite. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out? And God said, I will be with you. That makes all the difference. And this will be a sign to you. That it is I that have sent you. When you have brought my people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said, now God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. We use as a title this morning, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, He reigns. He reigns. Friends, we serve a great God. Can you say amen to that? I mean, the scripture tells us He is greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. His mercy is great. His love is great. Of course, His power is great. Hebrews 2 and 3 says that we have received a great salvation. I mean, we are a blessed people if you know the Lord. We, we are blessed, so we should not ignore it, but we should explore this great salvation. We, we should enjoy and grow in the knowledge of this great God that saved us and we serve and walk with. This salvation, this relationship 
Oh, Lord, help us to grow so we can walk closer with you. We can know you better. We can please you and honor you with our lives. Let's spend a few minutes this morning trying to study a little bit of the power of God. And like the Apostle Paul prayed that he might know God. Father, help us to know you. Help us, not, not like a scientist that's studying Saturn's rings out there somewhere at a distant, far away with hypothesis in theory, but help us, Lord, to know you personally and realistically and intimately and, and experientially. For as Daniel that wrote, Daniel 11, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The more you know this God and know him personally and walk with him intimately, your life will be stronger. You'll do mighty things as God uses your life. It's a wonderful thing to know this great God. Amen? This morning, as we look at God's omnipotence, his all-powerfulness, our text is the familiar story of Moses, his encounter at the burning bush. And we see three attributes of God right here. And two of them we won't even get to in this little study. But right here we see in verse 5 the holiness of God. Take your shoes off, Moses. You're standing on holy ground. Bow before him. Humble your heart before him. God is holy. He desires a holy people. God is holy. And when we approach him, we approach him with a holiness and a reverence and an honor. Never be flippant in the things of God. You're a son, but sons still respect their fathers. Can you say amen to that? He's my heavenly father, but I still have to treat him with respect. Do his name. His holiness, his omniscience. He he knows, he knows. Verse 7, God knows everything. God sees and hears everything. I know that's frightening to the backslider, but comforting to the faithful. Can you say amen? I mean, God knows. He says, I've seen what's going on in their lives. I've heard their cries. I'm aware of their condition. And on top of that, the best thing is, he knows all this and he cares. He said, Moses, I know what they're going through and I see how they're being treated and I hear their cries and I'm concerned about them. Let us be comforted that God knows everything. He knows what has happened. He knows what will happen. He knows what could have happened and should have happened. But through it all, he looks at you and I through the eyes of a father and he cares about what's happening. And then the omnipotence. And that's where we camp out this morning. Verses 14 and 19 is power. His ability to do what's in line with his character and his will. Again, the background. Let's get some background of our story of Moses' encounter with God. Moses, as most of us know from Sunday school, he was born into a nation of slaves. He was born a hated minority. He was born at a time when the law demanded that he be killed at birth. But because of his parents' faith, In their refusal to bow to the world's demands, his life was spared. Fight for your children, parents. Fight for your children. Don't allow this world's wicked decrees and this world's ideologies to seduce them and destroy them. Fight for your children. We know the story through divine intervention. Moses was raised in the household of Pharaoh. He studied at the greatest universities of his time. He enjoyed every privilege and pleasure of royalty. In fact, you know, historians tell us he was a military leader. At one time, he, he, he led, he defended Egypt as they overcame an attack from the Ethiopians, an invasion. So we have to look at this life of Moses. And let's be reminded, friend, never let life's negative turns and circumstances defeat you. 
For God is greater than every handicap and every setback and every disappointment and every situation. And as he was able to work in Moses' life, he can work in our lives. Moses, at this point now, he's living the life. But there's something that's not quite right. There's something else that's beating within him. There's a divine unsettling in his heart. He's a prince. He's got the privilege of royalty. He has everything there is, but there is something in his heart. You know, sometimes you can have all the pleasures of the world. You can have all the toys in this world, but something in your heart is just not satisfied. Something in your heart is just not fulfilled. And if you're not serving the Lord, that's your answer. If your heart's not right with God, but you were made by God and you were made for God, and there's nothing that can replace walking properly with the living God. Can you say amen? We thank God for His blessings. We thank God that He meets needs and He gives us good things and He's a generous God and a good God. But those things can never ever replace having a personal walk with the living God. Moses knew he was created to do more than just be a prince. He was created to be a deliverer. The Bible says that one day, he was curious about how his people were doing. And he went out to see how his countrymen were. He saw their hard labor. He saw their oppression. And then one day, he happened to see an Egyptian go overboard and start beating and viciously beating a Hebrew. Moses looked one way. Moses looked the other. He didn't think anyone saw him. So he attacked and he killed the Egyptian. And then he hid his body in the sand. Well, the next day, he sees two Hebrews fighting. And he tries to be a reconciler. He tries to be a peacemaker. And their response to him, hey, but out. Who made you ruler and judge over us? Will you kill me like you did the Egyptian? Wow. He was caught. His deed was exposed. Instantly, I mean like overnight, his life crumbled. He was forced to flee from Pharaoh's anger, and he left everything and just ran. That was it. And when he stopped running, the desert, the far side of the desert. What a difference a day makes. From a prince to a lowly forgotten shepherd, caring for his father-in-law sheep. Forty years, the backside of the desert. That's where our text begins. For 40 years, Moses was broken. He was humbled. He was stripped of his self-confidence and the do-it-my-way mentality in the desert of God, learning things no earthly university could ever teach him. 40 years on the backside of the desert getting God's education. Wow. But... We thank the Lord that God didn't forget Moses. And God, after all that time, didn't forget Israel. I want to thank God this morning he hasn't forgotten us. You might be here this morning and maybe you feel like you're in a lonely place or you're in a forgotten place. Maybe you're in an overlooked place, but I want you to know God hasn't forgotten you. And God's aware, God cares, and God sees, and God is working. Keep trusting, keep believing. God's time periods none of us can understand, but God is still faithful. God is still loving. God is still kind. Keep looking, keep trusting, keep believing. Someone say amen to that. He heard. Israel's groans and cries, he was moved by their struggle. He remembered his covenant and his good promises. And the time had come for their deliverance. Somebody, your time is coming. Your time is drawing near. Moses had failed. Moses had messed up big time. 
And he was branded a failure. And he was forgotten. But God remembered him. Israel was a defeated nation. A nation of slaves with no natural hope of ever being delivered. But God, he remembered them. And God remembers you. He remembers his promises. He remembers your prayers. He's aware of, he's concerned about, and he's coming to work his good work in your life. In this burning bush encounter, God calls and commissions Moses to go to Pharaoh and be his instrument of deliverance. In the course of this encounter, as we read, Moses asked God, who are you? A lot of gods here in Egypt. Who are you? How should I identify you? Who should I say really sent me? What's your name? And God says, I am who I am. Literally, I'll be what I will be. He's saying, Moses, listen, if you're looking for a concise, limited name, something parallel to the moon, sun, or Nile gods that the Egyptians have, listen, I cannot be limited to such things. I am the almighty God, and I'll I'll be whatever I need to be to do my will, to fulfill my plan, and to bring my people through. Moses, listen, when a mighty hand is needed to compel Pharaoh, or a mighty breath is needed to open up the Red Sea, I am that. And when my people get tired and weary, and they don't know where to turn, or they're hungry, and they need strength and provision and refreshing, I am that, I am that every time. I am that. When they need a great physician to heal them, or a mighty shield to surround them and defend them, when they need an all-wise hand to guide them and direct their steps, Moses, I am that, I am that old friend. God will be whatever He needs to be to bring you through. God will be whatever He needs to be to bring you through to the other side. Somebody, you might be feeling overwhelmed. Your situation, every time you look at it, your headache just gets worse. Because every door you knock on it slams shut. But God is not a man that He should lie. He's not limited by the things that limit us. He's a great God. He's a sovereign God. He's an almighty God. He says, look to me and trust in me. I am that blessed be his name forevermore. I am that. You need a counselor. I am that. You need a comforter. I am that. You need someone to heal that scar from childhood. I am that. You need someone to break that hold of addiction. I am that. You need someone to heal that relation. I am that. Oh, you don't got to look to the world. You don't got to look to moral compromises. You don't got to run to these foolish things that people run to and then wish they had never heard of. You serve a God that's all that. Can you say amen? Whatever thou hast needed. I am that. Child of God, whatever you need. Your Father reminds you, I am that. You don't have to look to the ungodly means or methods or philosophies of this age. Your heavenly Father cares and your heavenly Father can. Don't compromise convictions. Don't take the moral shortcut. But trust in the Lord and do things His way. Remember, faith lays hold of what God is. And faith obeys what God says. He said, I am the Almighty. Faith lays hold of that. And he says, follow me. Trust in me. Obey me. Moses, I am the God of all power. Now Moses was not the only servant 
that God expressed that truth to. Hundreds of years later, the prophet Jeremiah heard God say something similar to him. Go ahead, Jeremiah 32 and verse 26 and 27. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? God says, any questions? Now, we're going to get back to that story when we get to our subpoints. So hold on there. But for the Christian, the omnipotence of God should be a source of great comfort, of great hope, of confidence, of strength. We serve the Almighty God, and He is our Heavenly Father. That makes all the difference. The relationship makes all the difference. So let's notice, let's just mark down the scope of his power. The scope of it. It is seen, number one, in his creative power. We talk about God being all-powerful. But we look at creation and we see his creative power and his power over nature. How God creates out of nothing. It's kind of a neat Greek kind of word. Creation el nilo. Out of nothing, God just speaks. And and there it is. It's It's an awesome thing. But then he rules and sustains his creation. His word upholds the universe that we see. His power holds it in check. His power is seen over nature. We see it in the plagues that Pharaoh's going to get hit by. We see it in Jonah's storm and then how he takes a visit to the hotel, Shamu. And then we see how um, Sodom and Gomorrah's rain showers. We see it in Joshua's son that stands still. We see it in Noah's floating zoo in a rainy season like no other rainy season. We see it as Israel can actually walk through a red sea and he causes the sea to part. We see it as the disciples watch Jesus just speak a word and storms still and fish are controlled and loaves are multi. Creation, oh man, creation. We see the awesome power of the God we serve. He's the creator. You know, some bright people say, say all this, all this came about by a great bang. I don't know about you. It takes more than a big bang to do all this. Amen. So many of you running north to see the leaves. I got to see the leaves. First time in a decade, they were beautiful. I'll tell you, there's no big bang calls those beautiful colors. There was a designer. There was a painter. There was a heavenly wonder. Oh, come on. Say amen to that. You need more than a big bang to see this beautiful creation, how it's beautiful and the grandeur, how it works and how it functions. Oh, no. Creation needs a creator, a designer. <laughs> Look at this building. It took more than a big bang, didn't it? And then there, there, there was an architect that had to draw something, amen? There's an engineer that had to test something. Then there's a contractor and builders that had to build something. Oh, it didn't just happen with a bang. Now, God, he don't need a committee. He don't need any architect. All God does, he speaks. And it is it. Isn't that wonderful? He's just all-powerful God. Oh, God is the almighty God, the all-powerful God. We see it in creation. He spoke and the world came into order. Oh, no, no, he didn't even need an engineer to ask him if it would work. If God speaks, it works. He speaks, it works. The word works. No, he didn't have to call a committee. He didn't have to check his budget. He'd have to hire maps to come down and give him cheap labor. No, no, no. He, he, he just said, he just said, son, come forth. 
and brighten up my day. Stars come forth and light up my night. Fish come forth and swim in my rivers. Birds come forth and fly in my sky. He created with the power of his word. He speaks it and it is. And that might not excite you, but hold on. You might catch yourself in a jam one day. You might catch yourself in a needy place, in a desperate place. Before you backslide, before you yell at your wife, just remember, you serve an almighty God and all he's got to do is say provision come forth healing come forth peace come forth oh don't limit him don't make him small he's a great God he's greater than what you're facing now he's greater than what you're going to face tomorrow he's a great God he's a mighty God he doesn't ask for you to figure it out he knows you're not smart enough he knows we don't have it here to figure out this great God he just says trust me and believe me and follow what I have told you to do and I'll work it out I'll fight the fight I'll make all things come together for your good can you say amen to that hallelujah there's no point in studying the attributes of God like we're out there at HCCC Community College studying some dry, dead course. That's how some people approach God. They don't know God. I'm talking about my father. My earthly father not giving me much of an inheritance. Don't have much to give. But oh, my heavenly father, he give me something good. Amen. He gives it to me now and it's going to be even better then. Come on, say Amen. Talk about God, the power of God. Power in creation. God spoke. There it is. It wasn't hard. It spoke the word. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. We see his power in God's power to give life. His power to give life. Psalm 139 is a moving psalm. David is meditating on the greatness of God. And he says, you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Life comes from God. That's why we honor life and cherish life. We respect life. We see God's power in creation is in life. We see God's power over all the power of the enemies of our soul. That try to disrupt us and defeat us and ensnare us. Demons still tremble before the name of Jesus Christ. Devils still try to destroy lives, but the Lord is still healing lives and mending lives and helping lives and delivering lives. The power of God, friend, the power of God is greater than any ungodly habit, any frustrating hang up. And it's this desire to mend brokenness. Heal, sickness, deliver, restore. It is written. It's so wonderful our God is able. The Bible says in 1 John 3 and verse 8, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. How many know Jesus fulfilled his purpose? Can you say amen to that? Yes, he did. He fulfilled his purpose, and he's doing today what he did yesterday. 
Peter summarized the ministry of Jesus, Acts 10 and 38. He says, Oh God, the Father anointed him with power of the Holy Spirit and how Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were being oppressed and attacked by the devil because God was with him. And friend, he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't lost any of his power. We see the power of God, the omnipotent God in creation and his ability. He gives us life. He gives us victory over the enemy of our souls. Power over circumstances. Get back to Jeremiah. The verse we read was God answering Jeremiah, but it started out with Jeremiah responding to God. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17. Oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power. You're outstretched arm, and nothing is too hard for you. That sounds good, doesn't it? But if you read in between, I'm going to paraphrase it, the next line, Jeremiah says, but, you ever do that? You confess how great God is and how strong your faith is, and say, but, sure you do. Don't look so sanctified. We all do. Amen. Jeremiah's been prophesying pretty much all of his adult life. His prophecy was Jerusalem's going down. God's had enough. They disobeyed him for centuries. And finally, Nebuchadnezzar's at the door. He had conquered all the land. Jerusalem was all that was left. The battering rams are outside the city walls. There's famine in the city. Everything is being taken over. The city's going to be burnt to the ground. The people taken captive are fleeing to the hills. And God had told Jeremiah right before this, son, now's a good time to buy real estate. Timing's everything, isn't it? Amen? <laughs> Not a good time right now. But anyway, it's a good time to buy real estate. Go out and buy a plot of land. True story. And the prophet looks and says, Lord, don't you know what's going on? I mean, he's been prophesying for about 50 years. But no, he says, Lord, can't you see? There's judgment outside. There's famine. There's destruction. And God, you're saying buy real estate? God ever tell you to do something that didn't seem to make sense? They ever tell you to do something and say, Lord, I don't want to do that. Sounds crazy anyhow. Any, anybody? Well, he said, God, don't you see what's happening here? Judgment's here. Your judgment. Deserve judgment. You warned us for centuries. Finally, it's here. And you're telling me to go out and buy a field? And then God answers him. And in between, until we get to that verse we read earlier, God's answering him. He's saying, son... It's true. Circumstances seem contrary. But son, I'm not done yet. You see, in 75 years, when my time of chastisement for my people is over, I'm going to restore them, I'm going to rebuild them, and I'm going to revive them. And my glory is going to dwell in this city like it's never dwelt before. Jesus was coming. Can you say amen to that? Wow. You know, he's saying, son, listen, you see it. And you're overwhelmed by it. But don't forget, I am the God of all flesh. And nothing is too hard for me. 
And I not only control these things, I control everything. And I control the circumstances of your life and of your nation. The negative is not the last word because I have power even over circumstances. That's why, friends, sometimes you just got to tell the devil and you just got to remind yourself, God's not finished yet. Come on, say amen. Things might look bad. Things might feel bad. But God's still in control. God's still working out His plan. Maybe His timing and my timing aren't in sync. The boy, that happens a lot with me. Amen. But one thing I know, when He says it's time, breakthrough is coming. Deliverance is coming. Restoration is coming. He's got power over circumstances. Hey, listen, the last chapter hasn't been written. Can you say amen to that? And guess what? Like the song we sing, he's the author of my story. He's the author of your story. And he hasn't written the last chapter yet. So come on, get a second wind. Stir yourself up. It's not over yet. Things might look bad, but it's not over yet. Things might be hard, but it's not over yet. You might have to go through some things, but you made some wrong choices. You did some wrong things. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to the family of God. But if you'll humble yourself before God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please work something good. Please get me through this. He might not do it with a snap of the finger, which we would like. But if you'll stay true and you'll stay true to your word and true to your vow, then he will bring you through. He will make a way. He's God over circumstances. He's God who writes the chapter of your life. Hallelujah. The omnipotence of God. Creation. The giver of life. Over the power of the enemy of our soul. Over our circumstances. Power over death. Hallelujah. That's why we're here. Up from the grave he arose. With a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain. He lives forever with his saints to reign. Power over death. What a God we serve. Oh yeah. God's even more powerful than death. This is what gives us such hope, doesn't it? We bury a loved one. We're getting closer to burying our folks. But we know that's not the end of the story. That's why we love the funeral. We quote John 11. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And if you believe in me, you'll never die. Death's been defeated. Oh, man. Oh, man. I read a story some time ago. Tony Evans, a pastor in Dallas, had to go out to Philadelphia with an associate to um, do a funeral for two dear friends that were murdered in the city of Philadelphia. It was a huge funeral because of how the couple died. And he says they were laying side by side in a two-person casket. And at the graveyard... As the casket was being lowered into the ground, a nutcase, that's my, that's my little part, um, a man broke through the crowd, stood over the grave, and commanded the couple to rise from the dead. Dr. Evans wrote, I looked at Pastor Hawkins, he looked at me. We were trying to decide who was the first one that was going to run to the car. He said, nothing happened that day. But let me tell you, Dr. Evans goes on to write, Whenever Jesus said to that person, get up, 
That person got up. He called Lazarus from the grave. And Lazarus came out bound in grave clothes even though he'd been dead for three whole days. When Jesus said, get up! Power. Death has to lose its hold. Jesus had to tell people around him, get those grave clothes off him. He's alive. He don't need them now. And listen, that's good news for us. Because when the doctor says to your family, he's gone. If you know Jesus, at that same moment, at that same time, Jesus is going to say, get up! Doctor might say they're gone, but Jesus get up! Come on out of there. Come home to where you belong. Let not your heart be troubled. You trust in God, trust also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I'd get you. I'd be honest with you. But Jesus said, it's so. And when I go away, it's good. Because I'm coming back to get you. And when I get you, you'll be with me forever. There's coming a day when the doctor will say they're gone. There's coming a day when your family's going to come in. Where was that cemetery we bought in 1932? It's got to be somewhere. So there's coming a day. That's an inside joke. My Lord, help us. I need to your graces for that cemetery. Anyway, it's coming a day. You're going to breathe your last breath. But if you know Jesus, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Open, close your eyes here. Open them there in the presence of the Lord. Listen, the one you sang about, the one you've been praying to, the one you've imagined, what's he look like? What You're going to see him. You're going to hear him call you by name. You're going to talk with him. You're going to walk with him. My God, what a day that will be. Power of power, power, power. Buddha don't have this power. He's dead. Muhammad don't have this power. He's dead. The Blessed Mother don't even have this power. She can't raise. Only Jesus can raise you. He's got power over death. Hallelujah. So you better make sure you're right with them. That's right. Get it right. Get it right. Amen. Oh, glory. Remind me. Glory. The scope of his power even reigns over death. If he could do that to Lazarus, just think what he can do in your relationship. Just think what he can do in your situation. Just think of what he can do with your broken spirit, your broken heart. Just think what he can do with that wound in your life. Oh, Jesus is wonderful. The scope of God's power. But now looking quickly, the personal aspect. When we study the relationship, when we study the attributes of God, we study them from the relational perspective. We're sons of God. Amen? We're not studying someone distant. We're not studying a science that is just foreign. We're studying the one we walk with, the one we belong to. That makes all the difference. Amen? It don't matter how much money old Gates has. Not doing me a bit of good. Isn't that right? Now, if his name happened to be Zane, oh, brother, trust me, things would be different. Amen. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Amen? Because this relationship. All the wealth and all the power don't help you unless there's relationship. But good news, good news, good news. You have a relationship. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So you're studying about your father. And you know, like most fathers, they don't give you all that inheritance. Sometimes they give you a little beforehand. Amen? They give you something beforehand. And he's given us something beforehand. 
He's given us a measure beforehand. Anybody got peace in their heart this morning? He's giving you something beforehand. Amen? Anybody know you're free from condemnation, guilt, and shame? He's giving you a little beforehand. Isn't that beautiful? Personal aspect. We experience God's power personally. He gives us a measure to live this life, to overcome the past. We have been empowered by God to live victoriously in this life. Jesus said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He said, all power and authority, heaven and earth is mine. Behold, I give you power. He's got it all, but he gives us a portion to live this life. Ephesians 3 and 20. Ephesians 3 and 20. Let's look at this one. I want you to notice something about this. We're talking about power. God's got all power. I mean, God's got all power. Amen. But he gives us a measure of power. He gives us all the power we need to live victoriously. Isn't that beautiful? To deal with any situation. Now to him who is able. Somebody say he's able. We're going to run with that. If you struggle with theology, omnipotent this and omniscient that, that's all right. We're going to make it simple. God is able. God is able. Amen. God is able. We, we got to make it to where we can grab hold of it. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably, exceedingly, more than all we ask or imagine. I can imagine pretty good. How about you? Can you imagine good? I can imagine pretty good. And now he's able to do more than I can ask or imagine. According to his power. Where's his power? His power that is at work. Where? In us. Are you catching that? We, we know he's got all power. But, but uh, you got to go to work tomorrow. You got that grumbly boss. Amen. Bad breath, receptionist, whatever you, you got, man, you got, I mean, you got to deal with life. Isn't that right? <laughs> that, that, that kid's been acting up, you know, the car's not sounding like it should sound. And you don't know how it's supposed to sound, but you know, it's not supposed to sound like that. Amen. <laughs> kind of like our back. Amen. All right. To him who is able to do, he's a doing God. What do you need him to do? I said, he's a doing God. He's not just a watching God. He's just not keeping the score, God. He's a doing God. He's a good God. Amen. He's an act of Jesus went about doing good, healing those that were oppressed to the, isn't that right? He's a doing God. What do you need God to do for you? To him who is able to do immeasurably. Wow. That's a lot. More than all we can ask or think according to his power. That is at work within us. You can make it. You can withstand that challenge. You can rise up after that setback. You can deal with that thing. No longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth within me. Oh my. Oh my. My, 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 my. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He saves us and he enables us. And we got to depend on that power. Sometimes it's like that story of the, the, the kid that's on the beach and he's playing with the rocks and stuff. He got away from the sand back then. He got the rock formations and he's trying to lift this rock. He's grunting and groaning and his dad's kind of watching him. Son, you're not giving it your all. You're not, you're not trying. You're not trying with your all. And he, Dad, finally, Daddy, I can't do it. Son, you're not, you're not using all, all, your, all your strength. But I am. He said, no, son, you don't get it. You haven't asked me to help you yet. You'd be amazed the rocks God can move. 
if we'll stop and ask him, help us to move this mountain. Help us to overcome this fallen condition. Help us to deal with this crazy situation. And it's the time that we huffing and we puffing and we wonder, why are you just standing? He said, you haven't invited me in yet. You haven't asked me to help yet. You haven't looked at me yet. But if you look to me, I'll show myself strong on behalf of you. So we got to depend on his power. Amen. We're going, God has all power, but now we got to bring it down to where we live. He gives us a measure of that power that we can overcome things in the past. We can deal with things in the present and we can grow and become the ones he wants us to be. Are you getting me? It's not enough to say, God, that's good. I'm glad he's got all power. What's in it for me? He shares that power. He puts the power of his spirit within me. He gives me promises to stand on. He gives me wisdom for discernment. Yeah, yeah, that power works through our lives. He, he offers himself to be my helper, to be my guide. I got to ask, I got to look, isn't that right? Jesus said one time to a group, you receive not because you... So I got to depend on that power, and I have to do my best to make sure nothing in me is hindering the flow of that power. I think it was back in the 70s, there was a small Texas town that in the middle of the night, they had a, a, a power outage. They thought it was strange because, you know, a storm hadn't come through. There wasn't any kind of electrical thing going on in, in the area. But it was kind of a hot July night in North Texas. And everyone in that town, just, a, you know, a couple thousand, they lost their power. It wasn't until the next day when they went to that little power station that the men found out a snake had somehow gotten into something. Of course, the snake was no more. But, 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 but it blew out everything. And you know, sometimes, friends, you've got to watch what's creeping into your life. Because it can really hinder the power of God from flowing. I got the power of God because of His grace and His salvation. But I've got to do my best to lean on Him, but also to make sure I am keeping myself from the things that would quench and hinder God from working in my life. I know the amen wasn't that strong there, but sometimes we waste a lot of breath praying for things, and it's as simple as get the kink out of the hose and get the snake out of the... Can you say Amen. God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful. Again, if remembering the theology is a problem, let's just go back to the old phrase and simply say he is able. Faith doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be sincere. Amen? God is able. He's able, number one, to save. Aren't you glad he's able to save? There is no person Jesus cannot save if they will come to him. There is no sin... Jesus won't forgive if it's repented of. We can testify to this truth, can't we? Our lives are testified. He saved us. He transformed us. You know, Hebrews 7 and 25 says, He is able to save to the uttermost, save completely all who come to God through Him. There's power to save you. There's power to forgive you. There's power to make you brand new, but you've got to come. Did I give you that verse 7 and 25? Did I give you that? If I didn't, I should have. Hebrews 7 and 25. Oh, here it is. Therefore, he is able to save completely to the uttermost those who come to God through him. 
If you'll come to God through Jesus Christ, He is able to save you. He's able to transform you. He's able to break that hole that's trying to destroy you. He's able to forgive that error of your life that's condemning you. If you have a high priest that will stand for you and be there for you. Willpower can't do it. Economic power can't do it. Political power can't do it. Won't save your soul, but Jesus can. And Jesus is able. And He has the power to save whoever will come and ask Him and give their life to Him. God is able to save. God's able to meet our needs. No takers. Second Corinthians 9 and 8. He is able. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that at all times, in all things, you'll have all that you need. Somebody get a good night's sleep tonight. God is able. Amen. He'll meet that need. God will make a way. God will supply that need. God will be your provider. God is able to make all grace abound to you. Rest in that. God is able to heal. Two men came to Jesus once. He says, you believe I'm able? They said, yes, Lord. He said, according to your faith. Not, not my love, not my gift. According to your faith. God is able to heal. God is able to set a person free. He's able to deliver us from the furnaces of life and the fiery trials that try to destroy us and defeat us. How was Nebuchadnezzar when the three Hebrews, he said, what God is able to deliver you from my hand? And they said, our God is able. We don't know if he will or won't, but one thing we know, he sure can. Amen? He sure can. I don't know all the things in God's wisdom. His wisdom is way above mine. But I don't think I know. God can. Amen? God can. I don't always know if he will, because I don't know everything. But I know he's able. And in that, I will put my trust. God is able. All right, I'm going to close down, because you're probably getting hungry. Y'all been baking and cooking and all that. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I said, God is able. What do you need God to do? There's no sense praying for something below worth praying about. Amen? At this point, we have, have enough faith for most things. Don't need traveling mercies to drive into Plant City. You waste a lot of prayer, waste a lot of faith with that nonsense. That ought to be a settled deal. Amen? Isn't that true? But what is it you need him to do? What is it that only he can do? Isn't that right? I mean, if you can tell the grandson to do it, no sense in praying all night about it. Isn't that right? (laughs) Well, there's some things I need God. There's some things I just need God. What do you need him to do? I believe he's able. I believe he's able. I believe he's able. And if we'll lean on him and look to him, I believe he'll work and do wonderful things in our lives. Amen? I'm going to pray the final prayer. We'll sing our final song. Number one, if your heart's not right with God, take this opportunity to come and make a fresh surrender. The power of God is able to set you free from things that ensnare you, things that are trying to mess you up. He can forgive any sin if you'll turn from it. He'll receive any person that'll come to him. But now for the rest of us, listen, this beautiful verse in Isaiah 40, it says, he gives power to the faint. So maybe you're here 10 years a little bit tired. This fight of faith can make you weary, amen? Let's be honest, isn't that true? We're fighting devils, we're fighting the world, and sometimes you get tired. But God says, I want to give power to the faint.
Maybe you're feeling weary this morning and you just want a fresh filling of God's power. Maybe you just come and it's been a rough week and you just say, Lord, just give me a fresh touch of your strength so I can get back out there and keep trusting you and believing you and standing firm. Amen? So if you need a fresh touch from God, as this altar opens, come down. Let some people get around you and pray. Receive a fresh filling. He gives power to the weary. He gives strength to the faint. And he'll give you new strength to get back out there. Man, I don't care if you've got to come down every week. That's how we, man, we eat every week, don't we? Usually a few times each week. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's okay. You can come down as often as you like. Come down, get a fresh feeling, go out there and kick the devil in the head. Amen? Go in there and stand firm in the power of God. You might need a touch in your body. Pastor Todd always has his anointing oil. Always ready. In season and out. Leave that healing oil to flow. Amen? All right, stand with me. Let me pray the prayer, and then we'll open these altars. We serve an almighty God, and he is our heavenly father. Isn't that a comforting thought? Oh, my, 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 my. Oh, Lord, let us pray. Let us bow our heads. Father, Father God, just like the days of Moses, you see every need. You hear every cry of every house. Your heart is moved towards the struggles and the sorrows of your people. And Father, I believe, and I know many here believe, you are able. Whatever the situation is, you are able to bring your people through. You are the great I am. And we might have various needs and various circumstances, but you are that. Some might just need peace place of confusion and strife. Some might just need strength where they're feeling a bit exhausted and they just want to sit down and not get back up. Some might have got a bad report. We thank God for the doctors, but they're limited. But Father, you are the great I am and you're not. You can just speak. Come forth! and Make a new limb. Make a new vow. Oh, God, you can, you can, you can. We believe you're able to move in our lives and to do what no one else can do. And now, oh, God, as we seek you at this altar, we call on you from where we are. As we praise your holy name, touch us. Father, as we look to you in faith believing, touch us. Move in our lives. Release the working of your mighty power. In Jesus' name. And we'll tell the world of your greatness and grace. Can you say amen? amen. Let's worship the Lord. If you need a prayer now.